0: This is my smooth and sultry voice. (laughs) My next guest on episode five of Surreal Melbourne is none other than the homie Matt, who is a DJ, producer, event organizer. For starters, he's a DJ who goes by the name of Azrin and a new techno project by the name of Zafan. Is that what I'm saying? Yeah, Zafan. Zafan. It's a weird one. It's a weird one. It looks better on paper than it sounds. It's because it starts <laughs> because the, the the way you spell it is yeah. with an X, and any word that starts with an X is just you know. It's like, weird. Yeah, like yeah. xenomorph.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted something at the other end of the spectrum. I've got Azran starts with A. Yeah. And I was like, I need something at the very end. Something with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't find anything good with a Z. I went X. X is going to be rad. Where is the uh, Where is the actual word from? Is that just
0: a made up word that you made? Like no.
1: Um, well, the whole Azran story is basically, you know, a fallen angel of sorts, and, okay. and it's it's funny. Zafan is also a fallen, a angel. fallen angel. Yeah, um, that wasn't the intent. I was I wasn't looking for fallen angels. I'm, I'm not religious by any means. Yeah, is this in the Christian? Are we talking in the Christian
0: context or just yeah, yeah, okay,
1: yeah, yeah? But basically, he was an, an angel that fell down, and then he was just caused a bit of havoc. He was on. he, he, he fans the flames of hell. That, that's his job. Yeah. Um, but, but the irony is that techno alias is more melodic techno. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's,
0: it's don't get me wrong, it's deep. It, it but, does have a dark and melancholic feel to it. Exactly. Yeah. But it's but it's by no means dark. Yeah. So. Which is kind of, Azrin is the sort of, you've always dwelled yeah. on the darker realms. I mean, mm. for starters, uh, the project is signed to Xenon Records, which is the epitome of... <laughs> <laughs> of the darker shades of Psytrance, yep. fifty shades of psy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, first off, I mean, just being signed on that label is a pretty massive, I guess, achievement. You've been you've been on the label for what? How many years now? I don't even know. Five? It's, Would you be saying five, six years, uh, or even longer? Longer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I. Yeah. It all all just blurs. But yeah, I'd say
0: probably maybe seven maybe yeah I don't know. prior to that you were on was it gyro records or like
1: yeah yeah gyro prior um previous to that just because i had uh, a couple of releases on that um and then i just had a few other i don't know a few other crew associations
0: yeah 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 um zenon records has obviously been around for a while but so have uh so have you and you've um you go back with with you know like guys like uh, Sensient and um, tetrameth and all those guys like would you say that you came up with them sort of around the same time or who who came first in that equation because you've you've been <laughs> yeah. in our scene in in the festivals psytrance scene for uh, how many years man a long time a long time I, yeah. I consider you an OG <laughs> I am an OG <laughs> you know
1: um, yeah no I, I wish I sort of came up with those guys um, I sort of found them later on um, yeah I, I was. Typical candy raver. Yeah, trance, you know, hard yeah, trance. Yeah, I was hard, hard trance. I came into the scene. I think I started DJing 2004, 2003, 2004, something like that. Yeah. Um, so I was playing base station every weekend. Um, sometimes it was Gabba, you know, kind of <laughs> stuff. Sometimes it was Psytrance. Like it, it ended up being side trance every week, but it sort of started off, you know, being... A gabba, hard style, hard trance, and mm. then I just, you know, woke up to myself and, you know, <laughs> and um, evolved into side trance and yeah and it sort of led to, you know, two Zen and eventually, but mm. I think they came a little bit before me. Yeah, um, yeah. But I I'm, I was lucky enough to get onto, you know, the tail end of their success and,
2: yeah.
0: and it suited me down to a T. Yeah, of course. And, like, their sound has, like, evolved, like, from – you know it's still pretty underground even though mm. it's quite had has had quite sort of commercial success but still is in the you know what i mean like the music yeah. hasn't sold no, i don't want to say sold out but it's it it hasn't gone down a cheesy no. road, you know
1: no it's been good they've um they've had like I think one of the greatest things I did was when since he had moved to, to Germany, he got obviously a, a good taste for the techno side of things mm. and then started infusing, you know, the, I guess the the minimal progressive techno into Zenin as well and that's yeah. just opened up a whole new, you know. Genre. Whole, and oh, yeah. For artists, it, yeah. It, Exactly. And there's just heaps of new artists popping in and out. Like Mm-mm. We obviously get all the releases well ahead of time. Yeah. And then... One will pop into the into our OneDrive and I'll go, hang on, never heard of this guy before. I'll listen, I'm like, oh, dope. This is yeah, like yeah, rad, yeah. you know, like Fuck. minimal techno. I'm like, yeah, this is this is good. And um and yeah, I'm constantly surprised by the amount of artists out there that I've never heard of mm-hmm. that just have an amazing sound. Yeah. And and Tim finds them. Which yeah. is great. That's yeah. a
0: that's crazy yeah. that you have all this access to this database of literally yeah. a global you know, um, I don't know, depository, repository. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. One of them relates to shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not a suppository. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, you have you have yeah. access to this insane database of artists. Mm. And man, that must feel like, you know, does that take a lot of the work out of like sifting yeah. through, you know, finding new music or do you find it like, you know, now that you're a Zenon Records artist, I have to only, I can only play Zenon sets. Is that, is that a thing or you just prefer to do that anyways?
1: Um, it, it, it's, a, it's an interesting question. Um, it, like, I guess for starters, having this this database, it's amazing because um, the whole Zenon catalogue, it's booked up well in advance. Like this, you know, if, you, if you've if you got a release on Zenon, it you mightn't you mightn- you mightn- get released for another six months because there's so many others coming. Mm-hmm. But we get them well ahead of time. So, we can play them whenever we want. And people are like, oh, what is this fresh new tune? Yeah. So, it's just unreal. Yeah. Um, The same side side step to that, Merkabo Music did the same thing as well. Mm. So, um, I have the same abilities with those guys, which is great. Yeah. But I guess with my sets, um, because I've been in the scene for so long, I've got friends everywhere from different labels, and they're just chucking me music all the time. Yeah. Um, So, my sets are traditionally going to be a mix of, all the unreleased stuff from my friends around the world. But if it's, let's say it's a Radio Azora set, for example, I've done a few of those for, mm. for Zenon now. They'll be 100% Zenon. Yeah. And and that's because it's it's like a Zenon Records showcase. showcase, Yeah. yeah so yeah. I'll do nothing but Zenon for that. Mm. Yeah. Likewise with the Merkaba stuff. I've done a Merkaba um, Radio Azora as well.
0: Same thing. Yeah. 100%. It's, it's pretty cool that, you know you're signed to these megalithic labels i mean like you know zenon is you know uh probably on par now with say like iboga records which is mm. the sort of other side of the spectrum where it's a bit lighter but even their direction and music is still you know the iboga tech side is for me it's it's i love i'm loving everything that's coming in that mm. it's that perfect blend of you know progressive house techno and size sort of all yeah. melded into you know this you know, bush dance floor genre. Um, and they're both, you know, Merkaba music also has its roots in Australia, even though it's based in the States. Now it's um, Yegon, who's Merkaba um, slash yeah yep. Um How did that happen, man? I mean, obviously I know there's, there's the friendship there.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, it's, um, yeah, no, it, it sort of just came about. Like um, I've been lucky enough at Rainbow Serpent that I can play two sets. Uh, I've done that the last what six years or something. There, I've played two sets, and you know, one doing dark prog or side trance, and the other one just doing complete chill. And because I was doing a lot of Merkaba sounding stuff, mm. I'd be I'd be chatting to to Egon and I'm like, dude, do you just want me to to rep you? <laughs> <laughs> and um, and this all happened after I played after him mm. at at the last oh yeah the last Rainbow like a year and a half ago or whatever, and he was. He was just like, dude, you know, th- this is perfect. And this is exactly what we need. Um, yeah. And I was like, yeah, this this is this is rad. This works for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And it was just it it came completely organically, just out of just conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I, yeah, it was just the perfect fit. Yeah, know, for
0: both of us. For you know, f- to to be signed to like labels with that caliber, is there a sort of expectation that they had to be like, okay, cool, you know, you're a label DJ now, or no, 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 like as a label DJ, this is you have to fill a certain requirement because I've been a label DJ for different things. And there's, you know, the the focus is always on the producer and never like, hey, label DJ, like we want you to fill in some deadlines. I would have preferred if it was like that because then I would have never, you know, for myself, like, yeah. oh, like oh, yeah, I'm not motivated to do, to do much. But one of the things I like about you is like you don't stop. You're just constantly, you know, you're making mixes, you're representing, you do the work. Is that something mm. that they, you know, have had to sort of like set uh, like expectations or no, there's, that's just your work ethic and drive, yeah. which is phenomenal by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, for, for me,
1: like it's, it's. I guess it's one of the selling points uh, of me. I'm like, okay, here, here you go. Like I'll be your label DJ. I'll represent. Mm. But at the same time, I'm I'm going to do more. Yeah, you know, I'm going to share or I'm, I'm going to promote for you whenever you've got artists that want to come to Australia, I'll look after them. I'll, yep. I'll throw gigs for them specifically, yep. you know, or I'll make sure they get tours all around Australia. Mm. And, and that's what I do. And that was sort of part of the deal. You mm. know, I sort of said, you know, to Desensian to and Jaegon, and and I'm like, all right, this is how it works. Mm. Joe Blow is coming from Croatia, from whatever. Croatia yep. or whatever. I'll sort him out. You'll right. stay, stay with our crew. We'll get him a gig in each state. We'll make sure he gets looked after. Um, if there's even radio spots, we'll give him that. You know, like when Chromagon was down here last time, we met, we got him a spot on the radio. Yeah. You know, things like that. You know, we, we look after them. We, we, we make sure that it's, the the tour isn't just coming to play a festival. Yeah. It's here to spend time with the boys. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Going yeah. out for dinner getting mm. getting, smashed with the boys, <laughs> writing tunes in someone's lounge room, yeah, you know, yeah, being yeah. on the radio, you know, and it's, it's a whole, it's a whole package. Yeah. And yeah. and that's what I sort of offered them. I said, you know, this is how it works now. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm your go-to guy yeah. in Australia now. You know, whenever they're coming down here, I'll sort them out.
0: Yeah. And that's great because, like, for mm. you as well, there's, you know, you are putting, first off, your money, your, you know, contacts – your reputation but also you're taking risk basically just doing oh, yeah it, you know but also in return you're getting these connections overseas that are you know not mm-hmm. that you know you're doing it so that you can like perform overseas but yeah. they do open up doors for you and it does and um that's again one of the things like my observation of like you know in DJing you know I always like I've, I've been asked before it's like oh you know what does it take to get to that level but i'm like it's not just recording mixes isn't it mm,
1: no it's definitely not it's and, and it's good like some like the families i have developed you mm. know through zenon like through the artists and everything they're, they're some of my bestest friends now yeah you know they mightn't be in melbourne that i can go and hang out with Mm-mm. but we communicate weekly yeah. you know and, and it's like there's so many good friends that come out of it um and and it all just stems from, you know, you look after them and they go, oh, that's that's cool. And then you hang out with them and then you develop a rapport. Mm, 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 mm. Um, and then the same thing, you go over to their country and go, hey, I'm, com- I'm coming to Europe, you know. Yeah. Hook me up. And and then you hang with them and then you meet new people and it just stems and it keeps going further and further and further.
0: Mm, mm, their family you, their family becomes your family then. Exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it, it just one thing leads to another before you know it, you know, you're having dinner with, you know, someone who's from some of the record label who's like, do you want to put it? Track on my, you know, on my next VA or something, yeah. and it's I like I like you, <laughs> yeah, and it,
0: it's it, it's it's great. I love it. Mm. Mm. So, how many countries now has that sort of? You've you've been you've been everywhere. You've been you. We're talking about Croatia. You've been, I've been everywhere,
1: man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you've been in a bunch of countries, man. What a what a. Yeah. You got India. Yeah, um,
1: I actually actually worked it out the other day because I was redoing my bio for um, some techno. Um, labels I'm re- reaching out to I've played in 17 countries wow yeah um so that's don't make me list them because I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, forget yeah. I'll forget half of them yeah. but um yeah No. I've played in 17
0: countries which
1: is pretty pretty cool yeah which, you know, which some of, are small some are large
0: yeah but yeah which of the those countries would you say were the largest gigs like sort of milestone gigs
1: oh it's a hard one um Australia I've had some pretty big ones here of course but yep. over yep. in the likes of uh, I've played over in uh, Israel a few times love it you know the people are just amazing um the the gigs sometimes they're big sometimes they're small yep. you know um that doesn't matter yep. it's just yep. an amazing time I've, I've played some big gigs in uh, over in Germany played Antares Festival last year which was really good mm-hmm. um Johannes really looked after us there and Got to share the stage with my brother Apogeo, and and everything else. Legend of a dude, yeah. 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 Um but yeah, um yeah. There's there's a lot. There's, there's a, a lot. lot of memorable moments. Yeah. You know? There is, you know, it's yeah, some clubs, some you know, some of the most memorable moments have just been in tiny little ones. Yeah. You know, like yeah. there'll be a, a gig that got shut down or a, or a gig that, you know is that came out of because of a shutdown, so they threw a little side gig here with 100 people, <laughs> yeah. And that is like one of the best ones just because everyone's so close, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's it, it's it's funny, right? Like, I'll play at Rainbow Serpent on you know, on a Friday night on the market stage to 10,000 people, you'll see everyone there, but you don't really connect. connect because it's just a massive crowd. Mm, mm, mm. And then you get to a small gig where there's 300 people and you're pretty much going to say hi to every one of them afterwards. Yeah. You know, and and you can't do that on the bigger stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, So it, it's, it's it's a strange feeling. Yeah.
0: And then there's this like the stack of speakers that are in front of you that create this so much distance. But mm. Has that ever – like it's so strange for me. I can't yeah. connect with the crowd as much as, you know, like you said, like say playing a gig at Rubik's or something,
1: yeah. you know. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, um, where was it? Rainbow a couple of years ago, I was, when I was playing on the Friday night, I just got out and I was just doing a full Rob Zombie to a Rob Zombie remix. And I was just like out in front of the speakers. But there was just so much smoke mm. that I couldn't see them. They couldn't see me. And I was like, I feel so disconnected right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This should be my
0: one of my milestones. This, like, this is my moment. This is my moment. Yeah, yeah. But it was just I like, I can't yeah. see anyone.
1: Yeah, but I'm still so far away from you. I can't touch you. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um, so I mean, man, you've you've been involved in a lot of productions. You know, you've you've worked at Rainbow, you've worked at Earthcore, Maitreya, I'm pretty sure you Maitreya
1: as well. I've played at Maitreya, haven't worked with them, but I've played at Maitreya.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I wanna know about this, like you know, obviously we've we've t- just talked about your, you know, being a DJ and being also a booker and a promoter. And, you know facilitating this experience for you know other producers and djs that come from you know xenon overseas and and whatnot but i mean before that you would have had to have like i guess like a, the the sort of f- the background experience it would have had to start you know somewhere right mm-hmm. where where was that you know from going from playing base station trance clubs yeah you know to that like where was this how did this like kind of like evolve you know
1: but there's a funny one, right? Like it all happened. I was just a candy raver, not DJing anywhere. Mm. And then my mate, he bought some turntables, and then I was like, "Cool, I'll, I'll buy some Psytrance on vinyl," and and you can just play it for me. And he's <laughs> like, "He's like, nah, dude, <laughs> you, you got to learn how to do it yourself." Yeah. And um, yeah, and then we mucked around at his house. I learned how to do it, and then yeah, and then I went to base Station. And then, you know, that that was a good platform. That, that was great. But it wasn't what I wanted in the long run. You know, yeah. Like it, my sound evolved. Mm-hmm. And then I was really lucky that um, Ben Evans, um, good yep. fella, Ben, he, you know, I gave him one of my mixes and his interview crew just, they loved it and they said, we, we, we want you to play for us. You know, that was more prog tech kind of stuff at, at the time. Yeah. Um, and that they loved that. And then... Funnily enough, that is what probably led into everything else going Mm. from there. Um, I don't know, like when I was, I don't know, even back at the start, I was throwing parties um, back in Ballarat. Before you became a DJ or Um, just post? About the same time. Yeah. So I was throwing parties in Ballarat because the the party scene had kind of died there. Yeah. Um, And then we started throwing parties in, in like this club We'd fill it out, you know, on, you know, five hundred people or whatever. It was great. And were, were
0: the people just from Ballarat? Like that was just the... P-
1: pretty much. But yeah. because I had some connections from Melbourne, um, like just from clubs that I'd been to, and you know, like JFX, Nikki Sig, and mm-hmm. and Ben Evans, and all that kind of stuff. I'd I'd bring them down to Ballarat. Yeah. And then people would love it. They're like, oh, I'm getting Ballarat. I'm, I'm getting Melbourne DJs to play in Ballarat. And then we did that for a few years, and then. Know, the scene in Ballarat kind of kicked us out just because it was really strict. Yeah. Um and then yeah, I moved to Melbourne and had to sort of start again, but it was really good because I had connections.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. and
1: then those connections then helped infuse my way into the festivals mm. um where I'd be just I'd be working behind the scenes, you know, being a stage manager. Yeah. You know, like I was a stage manager for Earthcore for years. Um, so things like that. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, you know. You know everyone. Yeah, yeah. And then everyone knows your sound and then it just happens. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. What what year sort of, what timeline um, was this? Like around what year sort of, two thousand again, was it 2010, 2008? No,
1: no, probably earlier than that.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So like I couldn't even tell you now how long I did the Ballarat thing for, but I think that started in like 2004 or something like that. Yeah. Um, that was for a few years. And then when I came to Melbourne, I did – unstable
0: mm-hmm. I'm, I'm repping the shirt everybody repping, um, repping the shirt i had to you know my man gave me this gift uh, last time he was here uh sick logo unstable sounds yeah um Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> like that
1: t-shirt's getting around like um I'm, I'm, i love like i've given it out to a lot of the internationals to come play for us and then i'll see photos online you know, of them on their Instagrams wearing the T-shirt and I'm like, hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we did Unstable um, for eight years every month. Yeah. For eight years. Which was what sort of genre did you
0: guys play? A mix. Make like a
1: a, it was It's funny because it was at Loop Bar and I chose Loop Bar because <coughs> it was a very good platform for art and sound. Mm. It had a huge background which would enable us to have a lot of Good visuals and mm-hmm. showcase VJs that hadn't had an opportunity before. Yeah, um, so we'd do that, um, and then we'd start off with techno. We'd move into Psytrance, chuck in DB on occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, we even had some chip tunes in there at one point. Chip we, chip tunes. Yeah, we had uh, C- we had Citrix. Big ups to to Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, we had his crew in there, and that was one of our fullest crowds. Yeah, I I don't
0: I've never actually heard of that chip chip tunes. Look it up. Is it a label or is it a no, no, is it it, genre? It's a genre. Um, yeah,
1: it's it's made of. It's where you get like old computers, like old Ataris and Amigas, chip computer chip tunes. Yeah, yep. and then you sort of backhack them, and you and you can sort of create a door out of this old system that's from the seventies or eighties, yeah. and then make tunes out of it. Yeah, it's it's huge over in like around
0: the world. Is it still going? Yeah. 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 Wow. There was actually a gig last weekend. Really? Yeah, like an online streaming gig. So, so when they're yeah. performing, what are they using? Are they actually just still using like traditional DJ gear, or no? Are they actually using all these like hack floppy disks? Yeah.
1: Well, I'll use you know you know my, my boy Citrix for for an example. He'll come in with two Amiga Ataris. Okay. Like the big system. Yeah. And he'll have them all set up with like a huge monitor. <laughs> and and he'll be like playing it as he's going, and he even created what he called a uh, um, a guitarry. So it's like it's, <laughs> it's an, an Atari, Atari with and it. a guitar. That's one big huge system with some guitar pedals on it to do it. Yeah, um, yeah. Look look it up. After we're done here, I'll I'll send you some links. Yeah,
0: I mean, man, I'd love to. You know, we'll, we'll see if we can find something like that. And
1: <laughs> it's super creative. Yeah. Um. And that's what was good about Unstable Lee. When, we, when I wanted to do a gig there, they said, well, we're yeah. already full. You, there's no spots for you. I said, give me the one weekend that you can't sell out ever. And they gave me like the weekend after New Year's. And I went, okay, I, I know this is going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And our first gig, we filled the place. Wow. And they went, okay, we'll we'll, we'll make room for you. And they kick someone else out. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then we did it every month. And then it got bigger and bigger and bigger. Like I was bringing acts down from overseas. I was... Bringing you know interstate people down, mm,
2: yeah. and
1: the good thing is I, I'd make sure I was always free. I, I never ever put a door tax on there. Yeah, um, the club would give me fifty bucks an hour. I'd just fit the rest because I just I wanted to showcase certain artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because of that, it would just fill up. Mm. You know, like we had one good ex, one good example. We had Dark Nebula. We we brought him down. And so then a trans
0: producer from Sydney, right? Uh, In
1: South yeah. Wales. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, and um, yeah, amazing night. Pouring rain. Mm-hmm. People were there. Was like about three hundred people lined up outside in the rain, just wanting to get in. Yeah, and it, for people who don't know this, Loop yeah. Bar is yeah. tiny. So tiny. It, it, I think it was licensed for about one hundred and twenty, but but yeah. we yeah, squeeze 200, <laughs> two, two,
0: 300.
1: 300. But. <laughs>
0: um. Yeah. It's like the tiny club that can, that could exactly, you know, um, yeah. lots of good memories there. Yeah. Um, how did you sort of work out that like that deal in terms of like you were getting paid fifty bucks an hour? Because this is like for just promoters out mm-hmm. there, you know, this is something I've, I, you know, one of the reasons why I want to kind of quiz you here because you've got a wealth of knowledge on, you know, um, I don't know if the the word is the administrative side of. Of running an event with all the sort of costings and stuff, so you were getting sort of fifty bucks an hour. The the bar was obviously paying for the artists. Is that how did that work out? Um, yeah, they'd just
1: say, "Here's your budget. You know, your budget tonight. It's it's let's say three hundred and fifty bucks. You know, is that but, really what they used to tell you? Is that was that yeah. the budget? And and hundred bucks for the DJ, a hundred and fifty bucks for the DJ. I'm sorry, the VJ. Mm. Um, and that's all it was. And then I'd just go, okay, I could have one artist for the whole night and give them everything. Yeah, you know, or I could just do six artists and tell them all they're getting fifty bucks each. Yeah. Or if I was bringing artists down that I knew were worth more than that, mm. I'd just pay for it myself. Yeah. And that's what happened in the end. Like probably for the last half of it, I was paying three times whatever I was being given myself. Yeah. But that's because I wanted to. Yeah. Um, it didn't bother me. Um, I've, I had a good day job that helped me pay for it. Yeah. Um. So it was, it was no biggie, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was also a good platform for me.
0: Yeah. You know, so. It earned you the sort of reputation and the, and built you a sort of, um, crowd base. And... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And no, definitely, you know, like I, I was able to bring in people from other crews, from other festivals and it just made a good connection it, mm. it, it created relationships and those relationships helped me get to where I am now. Yeah. 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 So yeah. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It is a
0: bit of the way it goes here, Mm -hmm. isn't it? I mean, and everywhere in the world. Yeah. Yeah. But it's... It's not a bad thing.
1: It it only works if you can relate to them, though. Like, you know, it's not just a matter of this is Joe Blow from Festival X. We're going to bring him down Mm. and he's going to play for me and therefore we're friends. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. You've got to have that connection, you know, and and you've got to be able to be on the same level. Otherwise, it's just completely fake. Mm. And I've got no time for fake people in my life. Yeah. So it's... You know, some have you know some of these relationships have been really fruitfulness because of the relationships you've de- developed through it, yeah, yeah and of course. the closeness. Others have just been basic; they've just been a name on the on the flyer. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you've given them opportunities, you know, and and so on. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's um, I um, that's what kind of like a you know when I, mean, I was talking earlier about people asking me. Oh how how do I do yeah. this? How do I do that? I'm like, look at what that guy's doing. Do what he's doing. You <laughs> yeah. know, be yeah. be, a, be a mover and a shaker kind of thing. Mm. Um,
1: you've done some pretty good events yourself, man. You know, so it's it's not a you. matter
0: of you know you're no
1: newbie either. <laughs> you know, it's you know some of the some of the gigs that you've done have been amazing. Thank so, you, my friend. Yeah.
0: S- some some how I started was like kind like out of necessity i uh you know for the i came here in 2008 right and for mm. like 2008 to 2010 or 2011 like let's say yeah two to three years man i I was trying the only gigs i could get were like you know hand me down gigs from rmit were like oh yeah there's a i was in foundation studies you know and uh, most of the people there mm. like didn't speak english and they were there to learn english and i was like yeah, yeah, yeah. i had perfect english and i was like well, whatever, you know, we'll hire a, a hall and RMIT was, you know, paying for it. But eventually it was um, like a gig in Room 680 that was like, you know, cool, trance event, but I'm playing in the side room. And then it was uh, Ash. You remember Sun Tribe Ash? Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> know, he put me into Peter Sawara from Earthcore and then this and that. And, you know, Spiro helped, it, yeah, yeah, helped yeah. a lot. And, and the Earthcore crew get helped me sort of get gigs. But, um, yeah, I mean, man, you've sort of... Talking about that, man you've you've been a, you've been around a lot of the sort of drama, and uh, you know over the years like mm. crazy shit. I mean, I mean, what was it like, sort of being an outsider? Because you're you're fairly, I guess, neutral <laughs> is the way to to, to say you know, and most people are, but there, yeah. there was a lot of like drama in the in the background.
1: Yeah, there's there's always politics, you know, between events and festivals and. Mm. everything else you know i've I've pulled promoters you know off artists that have been in punch-ons and things like that but it's you know it is, yeah. what, it is what it is it is what it is
0: you know you've managed to navigate that pretty well and and yeah. be more of a like a, a conduit to support people instead of like yeah yeah you know build bridges not break you know i've seen That's a lot it. of bridges burnt <laughs> oh man it's so many yeah
1: and it, it's hard you know you, you don't know what's you know what's born this issue it could have just been someone clashed with someone else's event and then they didn't want no one wanted to change or it could have been Mm -hmm. something different could have been a non-payment issue or it could have been something totally different yeah um but i know the the way i look at it you you just gotta treat music as a hobby you know and and not take it too personally yeah you know and i think a lot of people it's their life Mm. and they take it personally for a reason cuz it's their own income or it's, it's their only income or, or something else and
0: the only thing that gives them purpose or something like yeah,
1: that yeah 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 so like it's yeah i don't know you got got to draw the line somewhere it's Mm-mm. if if this isn't life threatening then
0: it's not worth worrying about yeah yeah <laughs> you've um you know you've you've you said before you had you had your day job and that sort of helped and that's kind of like another dichotomy that you've always had. You've had like a sort of consistent income which has allowed you to separate that that hobby. Mm. Would you have ever kind of just said, no, you know what, I'm going to do this full time or would you just don't think it's health-wise sustainable, you know what I mean? Uh, don't,
1: don't get me wrong, I'd love to. Like I, I'll spend, say, 50 hours a week doing my day job and then I'll spend another 50 hours a week, you know, doing music stuff after work, mm. you know, whether it's organising promotions or whatever. Yeah. It'd be great just to have one outlet, but there's just no money in it. Yeah. You know, like unless I was doing much larger events, um, which to be honest, I'm, I, I don't want to do. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm happy our events, you know, go up to say, let's say 1,500 people. That's a good size for me. I like that. Yeah. It's I, a manageable size. Yeah. yeah I, I don't want to go to 10,000. You know, I I don't want to have to have that extra risk. Yeah. Because um, yeah.
0: then you do have to quit your day job to to manage the,
1: yeah. you know. T- yeah, well, with our last festival, we had 100 staff, you know, and it's it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of staff to manage. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was, I don't know, if you go to these massive events, you know, like a big festival, you're going to have to have 1,000 staff, mm. you know, and it's just like, well.
0: Then you have to have managers in place and, you know, yeah, you've got to vet the right managers and. The accounting, the accounting yeah. paper trail gets bigger, and that, yeah. that's isn't that one of probably one of the hardest things to manage, is it? Yeah. Well, it's it's different for me because like my day job is like I'm a, I'm a
1: senior manager for an engineering f- and construction firm. In that, my day job is project management. Mm. So, like, that's all I'm doing. You know, like I've 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 studied. I've got accreditation certificates. You know, like project management, I know it inside out. Yeah. So that what I do in my day job is easily transferable to the music scene that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what works.
0: Yeah. But, but still. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I feel like that's a partial reason why, you know, um, you have a bit of, you know, well, not a bit, but a lot more sort of success than other promoters. Not that it's a competition, but the fact that is that you have these, you know, extra, uh, skill sets that You know pretty much go hand in hand like if you're a project Mm. manager that's essentially what an event manager is really you're Mm. just working on a project and it's got the same you know cogs and and wheels and yeah
1: yeah yeah. that's it like it's it's it utilizes the same tools Mm. you know you're just replacing you know like for, for my my work i'm managing i don't know i think we worked it out the other day it was close on 1800 contractors you know, yep. over about, I think it was over about 50 different companies. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's my day job. You know, and then I go to this other music thing. I'm using the same tools, mm. but I'm just replacing contractor with artist. Yeah. Or, you know, you know, instead of using, I don't know, a civil contractor for this thing, I'm using my bin hire place <laughs> or the toilet hire place. Yeah. So It's the same tools. Yeah. I, I can utilize the same databases and and methodologies to yeah just to record it all so it, it,
0: it's good and and you yeah. can see that in, in the way your events run they're pretty well you know like well-oiled uh, what do they call that expression well-oiled old or machine <laughs> well-oiled yeah, machine yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, I, I
1: can't say that's all me though like that you know my, my partner lukey mm-hmm. varron um we work really well together um yeah and yeah we've just got the right people you know every year we put on more staff, you know, we put on the managers for certain areas, we get different contacts and just working together, we have, you know, up and prior to COVID would have very regular meetings just on what the future looks like, how we're going to manage it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it's it's a lot of work, yeah, but it works, you know, and it, it enables us for when the event happens, you look at it and go, okay, that was, that was done. What could, what could we have done better? Yeah. And then every year you, you work on those things, mm-hmm. you know, and this last one was just, was, everything went, went flawlessly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can, and yeah. It, it was great. And I was, concur. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and that's because we'd learned from the previous years, you mm-hmm. know, like don't get me wrong, the other years were, went great. Yeah. But there's little things that we identified that we could have done better to make it, make our jobs a little less, you know, hectic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. And then it just, yeah. And you
0: just keep building on that. Yeah. And then I guess like just for the for the record for people that don't know, um, Red Forest Productions is the name of the company, mm-hmm. and the the event you're talking about is where the wild things are. Yep. Yeah. That's um, yeah. yeah. No, it's all right, man. You know. Um, and that's at That's that series. And you've got what like a capacity of a very small capacity for a place that can fit a lot yeah. more. Um, yeah.
1: Well, I, I guess the way it's sort of. We'll, we'll treat that question as two different things. But, yeah, yeah. Um, Red Forest was born basically Lukey Farron. He had his Universal Tribe events. I had my Unstable Sounds events. Mm. Um, we found some commonality between them and we were close friends and we just decided let's just merge these things together. Mm. Uh, we created the company Red Forest um, and that platform is what enables us to do the larger events. Um and that just worked out really well. Um, and mind blank. Well, <laughs> what, what was the rest of the question?
0: Well, it was more so. You know, we were yeah. just stating, like, uh, you know, red forest. I mean, if you if you were to to treat it as a question, it was more of a statement. Statement. It? Yeah, sorry. but if we were, to, it's good. I wanted to go into it. If you were to treat it as a as a question, it's like, you know, how did the whole red forest thing come about, and how did that lead to? You know where the wild things are so you know unstable universe was the collaboration of,
1: yeah yeah well yeah uh, unstable universe is sort of that was our first one mm. you know and and that worked out really well yeah um and then we did a few other small ones but then we decided we just wanted to do you know probably two events a year you know like two larger events so mm. that'd be say where the wild things are festival that series um, and then the other one was let's do another one in winter Mm. which would be unstable universe um, or the likes of yeah plus you know obviously we'll do after
0: parties and pre-parties just to around these but they're obviously smaller yeah and then you do that because you're gonna you sort of have to build up this kitty of money i guess is it a partial reason kitty of money and also to promote to this bigger thing i mean it's a good. it's it's Mm. the best strategy um you know
1: It it's goes both ways. It's, it's to try and develop, mem- you know, um, what's the word? Momentum. Momentum. Yeah. You know, like it, you obviously, if you're doing an annual event, you've got to keep it in everyone's mind for a whole year before it happens. That's hard. You can't just keep sending messages every week going, don't forget about us. Don't forget, don't forget about, about us because <laughs> then it gets annoying. It, it does. You yeah. can't spam everyone. <laughs> so, you, so you do little things like launch parties and, and bits and pieces and it just keeps things going. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also enables, you know, you can do combo deals you go well here's, here's a ticket you, you can go to the launch party after party and the festival party yeah you know things like that
0: yeah yeah so there's an element of entrepreneurship i guess in a in a way that yeah. you, you've sort of fused into this project management and event management mm. kind of
1: yeah yeah. you kind of have to it funnily enough our launch parties have never really given us much money um <laughs> unfortunately you know and like we still get a decent number of the events yeah um but we put you know good money into the acts and the infrastructure so it's not really you know anything to give us money but it gives everyone you know a hint of what's to come for the festival like okay yeah you know this is good this is coming it's only a few months away and it's yeah it's just
0: the taste did yeah. yeah and most people take the you know they take the I don't want to say take the bait but <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, yeah yeah but because it, you're offering again like I, one thing that like really distinguishes i guess uh your events is first off the caliber of artists you're bringing it's like um they're not necessarily huge headline acts overseas you know those like big acts they're like you know good in the middle but good mu, like you know all the, all the music's phenomenal, right? Thank you. You know what I'm trying to say here? It's like, you know, you, yeah, you're yeah. you representing... This goes back to what you were saying earlier about bringing the artists, say, from Zenon Records. You're representing people that are sort of, I guess, in the middle of their journey a lot. And, you know, yeah. like that. That's one thing you do. Both Lukey and you, you know, mm. you're really supporting newcomers and people in the middle of the journey, but still pay respects to sort of the OGs, you know? Uh, yeah.
1: yeah, you've got to. And um, I think with our festivals, it's always been... To give people a platform to play on that they wouldn't have normally had mm, you know mm. so you're going to get your locals that we're always going to put them on there and go okay especially you know we always make sure we put on someone from the ut tribe universal you know. tribe records yeah. yeah we go okay we need to make sure we've got a couple of you guys on there yeah this is going to give you another platform that you're
0: playing with internationals mm. you know things like that people take you more seriously yeah people, yeah. people start well more so recognize you
1: it, that's it it's recognition mm. and um it's the same thing with all the Zenin guys like every year i'm like okay who's coming to australia and everyone goes we're coming to australia this is our tour yeah you know and half of it happens mm-hmm. and um and then you go okay you're, you're coming here we'll give you all these gigs mm. and it gives them a really good platform to play on um and then we'll usually have one big headliner you know whether it's desert dwellers or gallia yeah. or, or you know Kaya, you know Kaya Project, Birds of Paradise, you know things yep. like that. So we'll get these ones that are very, very niche, mm. but have a huge, like almost almost cult like following. following yeah. yeah, and that's it. Like, I guess the ethos of where the wild things are festival is that chill stage, let's say a rainbow kind of thing. It it it's great, it has great acts and all the rest. But why not have a whole festival around that? Mm. You know where the main stage is the chill stage, yeah. You know kind of thing, so you get that kind of feeling. It's a day party. You're gonna have mid tempo, down tempo tunes as the showcase. Mm,
2: mm, mm. I know, love that. Yeah, yeah,
1: and then you'll have the other stages which are gonna just be bang. You know, banging techno or side or side trance or you know, drum and bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And but the showcase is the more down tempo chill stuff where people are just gonna come together and just groove (laughs) Mm, and and, and that's the main thing you know and that's what's really worked for us and i I love it i love being able to go to the main stage and just watch everyone being all liquidy and just like (laughs) sloshing about (laughs) i
0: I love it yeah Yeah. that's good gyrating Mm. (laughs) that's it that that it's funny isn't it when you go to some of these stages and the different kinds of music like completely different kind of dancing you know Mm. i always like as a dj it's like Cool. The dynamic of the dance floor is completely different from every single you know so style. Yeah. Um, the the thing that I um, I love about it is is that this emphasis on you know down tempo, mid tempo, because you know we both we both play pretty, mm-hmm. like very similar genres, yeah, yeah. you know. And, yeah, yeah. and I've listened to this Zaffin project, and I'm just like, this dude's playing like the music that I would play, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. but again, it's why I, I I do enjoy like when you play because it's like. I'm pretty picky about the different sub-genres and styles. I'm like, you know, when you've heard it all, you just want to listen to the thing that you like yeah. that will get you yeah, moving. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I know he's going to play that set, you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, and it, it goes both ways. You know, like there's a reason you've been on the lineup a couple of times, you know, and that's because, you know, you've got the same taste, you know, the same abilities and, and skills. It's, you know, I've really enjoyed having you up there. Yeah,
0: like back to back. <laughs> <laughs> What's it gonna happen, man? Back to back. Yeah, we should Do maybe that one day. COVID times, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like um, the first year we had you up, it was great. You know, we had you up there. We had an assortment of people <laughs> <Musicians>. with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was we had great.
0: Liquid. Um, yeah, you know, that's uh, actually you know one thing that I um, I guess that that I love about uh, where the wild things are is the um this diversification of genres right which means when you diversify genres in an event right you, you're also bringing in people from different scenes yeah and you know you've got techno crews and this and i think for both of us like we can say that like there's this um collaboration in melbourne which i don't know don't you love this the fact mm. that like the techno scene is friends with the drum and bass scene like we're all friends with each other yeah. you know and there's this mutual respect but everyone's doing you know doing their own thing um you know you, you've been here for a while and you've you've sort of seen it i guess through this like mm. 2004 you know four, yeah. four, four to 2020 yeah. i mean was it always kind of was melbourne always like that you know or did it did, is this like uh, as a result of bushtooth culture or like festival culture
1: i think it i think the bushtooth culture has helped Mm. By, by all means, you know like uh, going back let's say to mid2000s, the genres were more separated mm. you know like techno guys did their techno thing. yeah, trance did their trance thing and they didn't really like each other as much and the because the cultures were so different they, The clothing was, was you know yeah yeah and it wasn't because they didn't like each other. it was just
0: because they had they didn't like the music they didn't. it
1: was just less interaction and and everything else and I think just I think it's just gradually evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's one of the things I've really enjoyed doing with our party is getting people from straight-up techno scene mm-hmm. and bring them to our events where they can go, ah, oh, okay, I can play my straight-up techno here. Yeah. But then I can go and learn about other stuff on the other stages
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and then people go, ah, oh, I like this artist. Where do I find that artist? And they'll go, ah, oh, he's from this ex-techno crew. Then they'll go, suss out that crew, mm-hmm. you know, and and vice versa. Like people that are following that, Ex techno act, they're going to go. Oh, he's playing at this festival where the wild things are. What's that? What's that all about? Mm. And it's just sharing the love.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's really good. Yeah, yeah. It seems like we've moved a lot closer towards mm. each other, and hundred percent. Um, you know, collaborate with each other instead of just going. Yeah. You know, um, no, this is us, and that's you and you don't fuck with me, and I'll fuck with you. Yeah. Now we all, now it's like, no, we all fuck with each other. You yeah. know what I mean? In it's, a good it's way. <laughs> family.
1: It's family, and it, it comes down to just connections, you know, and mm. those connections, you know, they, they create really good relationships. And then, yeah, I, I, I love it. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that for our parties, I can go, oh, Luke and I will sit there and go, okay, who, who do we want on? Do we want a drum and bass stage? Mm. Do we want, you know, a a glitch stage. We want a straight up techno stage and, we'll, and it's good because we know everyone in all these different scenes and we've all worked together before. Yeah, yeah. So we can just make it happen. Mm. I love it. It's good.
0: Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um one of, the, one of the things that like the partnership with you and Loki, uh, Loki Farron, I mean, man, this has been going on for what, how many years now? Don't even know. <laughs> for, it's been going on <laughs> it's, for a... It's, it's a while for a um, while and we've, well we've done what three where
1: the world things are um, and we've done a few events before that mm. so and i don't i, I don't know let, let's
0: say four, five or six years maybe yeah, yeah yeah that i mean did that partnership did it come with its sort of limitations or you guys were just you know what i mean you just it just works and have you managed that partnership over this you know six years is a long time to be working yeah. with with someone but you know you see a lot of partnerships I guess break down, and mm. you know what, what is that dynamic like, and how have you, how have you, how do you guys make it work, or is it just works? You know,
1: it, it just worked. Yeah. Um, I can't even remember how it formed, to be honest. Mm. Like, I think we just went to each other's events, and then we just became friends, and then it just, I don't know, we just merged, and then it was, just, it was just easier. And you know, like he's good at some things, I'm better at other things, and we just just combined, it just made the whole job easier because mm. we're both sole traders in, essentially and we're doing everything ourselves, Yeah, which takes a lot of time. Yeah, And then we're like, okay, well, this is essentially cutting your workload in half Yeah, and we're mates, you know, and we get along because we're bros. Mm. This, it'd, be, it'd be stupid not to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just worked. We, we both had our own following, so from over the years, they all came together and just made for one large kitty of, you know, support. Yeah, and it, it just worked. But I, I think it just really comes down to like we've got a really solid friendship. Yeah, you know, like, you know, outside of, of events, we're still talking to each other every day,
2: mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it's
1: just, it's just a friendship that does music on the side. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and we've got the right systems in place. We've, we use the the right tools. We've got the right. You know systems Mm. and contexts. It's all relatively second nature now. Yeah. Still takes a while. Yeah. uh, But everything. What is
0: exactly what the the developing of? Yeah. Well. Okay. Like
1: where the wild things are. It's not just fill out a spreadsheet and it's done. You know, like it's it's there's a good six months of work in that. Mm. You know, where you've got to be doing something every day. Yeah, might yeah. only be small, but you're doing something every day for six months before that happens. Yeah, yeah. You know whether it's organising visas or artists or you know infrastructure or promotion. You know, and, you know you, you'll have staff, and then the staff will drop out, and then you know all these just there's so many different things. Plus tax, taxes. You know, like it's a proper company, so we've got all these tax issues. And yeah, you've you've, you've had to actually
0: navigate a few of those, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. So
1: it's it's all it's all of that. Mm. So there's always something going on.
0: Yeah. But yeah. Do you guys, uh, the way you sort of split your workload, is this something that you kind of go, obviously you you said earlier that you have your strengths Mm. and he has his strengths, weaknesses, blah, blah, Mm. blah. And um, is it like, okay, now that you're working on this area and you're working on that area, do you have to hold each other sort of accountable and see, do you have to check in quite often or no? It's like complete autonomy over those sections. It's... it's we check in it anyway, but we don't need to. Yeah. Um.
1: You know, like we both have different things. Like I'm, I'm very large into the uh, artist side of things, the artist management and artist services, connections. Mm. You know, the graphic design and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he's great at you know social media and uh and infrastructure. You know, like organising decor and and everything else. Like we've got these different things, but. We've learned other things, you know. Like he's really taking on a lot of, you know, graphic design stuff now. He's doing uh, a lot of the web design stuff, you know. Mm. So it's all just we just learn from each other. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. And we even had a tool. Um, you, you may have heard of it and may not have. Uh, it's called Trello.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah. It's a project management software. I've I've tried exactly. it, but I'm I'm yeah. terrible using, <laughs> adopting like yeah, things yeah. like that. I've
1: yeah it's it's basically for everyone else it's it's a glorified to do list yep. you know kind of thing then you you can move tasks around mm. so we use that yeah um, like we'll have the festival all in this board and then we'll just move and drag and drop yeah this is this is your this is your list of things you have to do this is mine and then we'll just yeah yep, move yep. it all about and
0: yeah. Was that your project management background? Yes. Just coming, coming back into now, we're oh, going to yeah. use this now. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Prior yeah. to that, did Luke, it was just like an Excel, like, you know, because that's what I am. I'm just like, Excel's good enough for me. Excel's got some good things to it. Yeah. Know, like, it definitely needs to be more, like, I don't yeah. know how to make it more like interactive when you can tick boxes. It's like, yeah, yeah. that automatically can move to that section. But I guess you could maybe do something like that, but then it would... Uh, there's so much you can do. Like yeah, macros um, and I, stuff.
1: I, I do a lot of our ticketing forecasting and everything through these really complex dashboards I've created in in mm-hmm. in spreadsheets yeah. where I can go, okay, this is our budget for the year. This is what all our to costs. This is what infrastructure costs. To do that, we need to have this amount of tickets in round one, this in round two, round three, and then we, you punch it all in and it's just automatically just goes bang, 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 this is what it's going to cost you, this is, you know, how it works out.
2: Mm, mm, mm.
1: So things like that, it it makes our job so much easier because we get, you know, the ability to see it straight up. Yeah. You know, six months ahead of time we go, okay, this is what we need to strive for. Mm. And then we can, as tickets are selling throughout the whole, you know, year beforehand, we can go, okay, we're falling behind here. Yeah. We need to ramp up promotion. We need to do this. We need to maybe hold another event to Get momentum happening again, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, we can see the trends, and that's just through
0: automation that I've sort of done through spreadsheets.
1: Mm-hmm. So, and how have you yeah.
0: dealt with like some of the sort of you know you sometimes you do do these interim events and you lose money sometimes for some of them, right? Totally. Um, have you dealt with that loss? For, for me, by the way, mm. not great, <laughs> <laughs> but um, only because I had like yeah. a seven-year run where I just made profit for seven years mm. and then. Suddenly, I tried to do something else, and then it was like it just—I wasn't getting that number, and I feel like, for me, there was this—I couldn't deal with my failure so much, yeah, yeah. you know. And I was—it kind of gave up on it, and I was like, I going to just—you know—I had to back away from it. But you haven't. You guys just like—we've yeah, yeah, we, we've lost on events. Don't get
1: me wrong. Mm. Um, one of one of the ones that we got burnt on big time was, I think it was the second where the wild things are. Our launch party. Um, we spent big on the axe for the launch party. It was going to be a great night. And then we had a huge, crazy storm in Victoria. And they even put on the news, they said, Melbourne is flooding. Do not leave your house. So no Remember one came. That. Yeah. <laughs> we lost thousands and thousands. But yeah. it just comes out of our kitty. You know, like every every event we do, we don't treat, you know, whatever we make from it as profit. It yeah. just goes back into the kitty. Yeah. And, and that kitty then... You spend more on acts, and mm. things like that, and it's you know every year things change. Yeah it's, yeah, it's not just inflation, but it's like
0: the weather, the you know.
1: Yeah, well, it's just little things like insurances get more expensive. You yeah. know, um, it, the the cost from our last weather wild things are cost us almost. Oh no, it was, it was basically double what our first one cost, mm. just because of everything started going up. Yeah. We'd called in all our mates rates kind of requests, you know. So having this kitty, it's not just a kitty of his cash we can use. It's just like it's it's needed because of mm. we know every year things are going to go up. Yeah. yeah. So
0: Do these like – because like I know in the past we've talked about this uh, how first off – Oh yeah, the the tax the tax man is like, oh, you guys are making this much money. Oh, you got to pay that much, and yeah. and then you've got you know, ARIA. is it the ARIA? like, just it's almost like people see your success and then they go, now nah, you got to get it's like extortion, isn't it? Like yeah. you got to give me, you got to you got to give me a cut of that now. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's that's what it was like. I think the last time, sorry, not the last time, time before that. Um, we had the guys, we obviously had to register for APRA and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then uh, we asked, asked all the artists, we went to all the artists, are any of you actually signed up to APRA? You APRA, know, sorry, not OEA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Are, are you getting any of the money that we're paying them? Because, you know, APRA and PPCA, they cost us a few grand each year.
2: Mm-mm.
1: And then we asked them, the artists, do you actually see any of that? And they're all like, no be so like oh hang on so we're paying the government
0: money for music for, for, for to, your music yeah and you're not even getting a cut out of it yeah. which you should be getting it for you know 100% yeah um, and
1: it's and it's it's just strange you know things like that yeah you know? but it is what it is you know and we've yeah we've had to get extra insurances because of weather and all that kind of stuff you know fair but it's a, it's a, usually a pretty hot time yeah, yeah, but then all of a sudden you can get like a big downpour, and then it
0: just ruins everything. Yeah, how do the insurances work? Is it against ticket loss, um, or, or more so equipment?
1: It's more so against the, yeah, essentially the co- whatever our cost is, mm-hmm. we can we can insure against that. We can't insure uh, against profit that we would have made. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so we can say it costs us hundred grand, you know, for artists and infrastructure. Mm-hmm. and we can possibly get a portion of that back if it gets cancelled for, you know, what it, yeah. acts of God or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, but it, that doesn't pay for the six months' worth of work we've had to do to get to that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: It's, it still does, like, mm. alleviate, I guess, you know, the, the symptoms of, uh,
2: yeah. of loss.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. But at the same time, you know, that costs us thousands each year as well. Yeah, so, yeah. And we, yeah. we haven't had to use it, which is good. But it's also money we're throwing away. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. How much does that sort of cost? Like, you know, because you what you're talking about is losses. You know, you could be losing like fifteen grand or something like that. But then you are paying say three grand or something like that for the insurance.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's about
0: that. Yeah, somewhere like that. See, I didn't even, yeah. even knew something like that ex- existed. I just like, how would that work? You know, it's
1: all come about for various reasons. But um, there's some pretty strict clauses at series. Mm. Um, which, by rights, they're they're there for a reason. It's there to prepare, you know protect nature and protect the actual area. Yeah. That if there's extreme weather, they can just cancel it in 24 hours' notice. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we just need to make sure that we're equipped in case that happens.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, it's a it's such a massive <laughs> undertaking, isn't it? When you think of so many yeah so many elements in, involved in the um in the process.
1: All of a sudden. Rain stops a year's worth of work, you know, hundreds of you know, like a hundred grand worth of activity, and then bang, yeah, has to stop.
0: Nature always wins. Yep,
1: but, that, but that's it, you know. Like that's, you know, series is, is a magical place. Yeah, you know, and it takes things like that to make sure it stays that way. Yeah, yeah, you know, if it's going to be a big mud bath, that's going to ruin the gardens and everything else. We we need to protect them against that. Yeah,
0: and people obviously, yeah. you got feet lots of feet, they're trampling everywhere and feet and mud don't go well together. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, how hard do you think it is like to sort of, you know, there's so much of this event planning and, and permitting process in place and... Um, have you guys ever thought about, you know, places that are even more public or you've tried to get in, you know, things like that and it just hasn't? It's been like – because, like, you know what I mean? The red tape. Are you referring to my party that failed a few years ago? <laughs> 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 Maybe. Um, I yeah. mean, it, look, it's it, – I. one of the things I like to do in the shows is, is, sure, you know, uh, I want – People to talk about their own failures because first off, it's like you know we're deciphering. Hey, what did you learn? Yeah. Um, but in sharing that, it's like it's such a wealth of, yeah. you, you know what I mean, of knowledge of like, okay, what can other people take from that?
1: Yeah, and it's that's it. You know, it, we he's, what he's referring to is a party I was going to have at at a prison. Yeah. And <laughs> and um, that was all good. The the prison was really on board. They they loved the idea. We were going to be donating money back to the prison, um, all sorts of things. We had huge lineup. We had, you know, Kelly Cintilla, Halquist, um, and an assortment of others. Like it was a huge lineup. Mm-hmm. It was great. Um, and then all of a sudden, the prison sort of changed hands. They didn't agree with our idea. Um, and then they also highlighted that there was uh, a few, I don't know, the place wasn't legally equipped to manage what we were doing, even though they'd sold it to us as, as it could. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then we went, okay, let's get some temporary permits, let's do all this kind of stuff, and then it just fell to pieces. Yeah. Um, And this all happened within one month of the event. Yeah. Um, So we'd done almost a whole year's where the promotion would sold, you know, we'd sold out, like we'd sold thousands of tickets. Mm -hmm. And um, then all of a sudden we had nothing, you know, and a party to throw a few weeks later. Yeah. Yeah. and it was really unfortunate. Um, I didn't have insurances for any of that for myself. Um, I think I think I think I returned about I don't know ten grand with the tickets or something like that. Um, I lost a lot of money in that myself. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's what you, that's what you get. You know, it's it, it's taught me that at the very start you need to ask. You know, ask the the place that you're trying to hire out. Are you equipped for this? Yeah. You know, yeah or yeah. or do I have to do all this now? <laughs> Um, which is which is fine as long as you know up front. Yeah. You know, like I've I've got heaps of other venues that are really unique that I'm wanting to use. Mm. Um I've I've got a pretty good bank of unique places that haven't been used. Yeah. yeah um yeah. and I know I have to do everything. And I'm and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because I budget for that. You know, yeah. I know I have to get permits, I know I have to get, you know, toilet extra toilets and security and fencing and all the rest. You mm. you know, you've you've got to get the council on board. Um,
0: After a while you yeah. sort of kind of have fixed, like you were saying, you have these tools, you have you've got mm. these fixed I guess amounts that you're like, yep, that generally costs that much, yeah. you know what I mean. Um, but there's a I guess like you know props to you for just like you know, I know I know okay. the losses that we're talking about are like you know, they're significant. Mm. Um, so some people would break under that sort of pressure, you know it could I mean good that you have that sort of a, a good day job. That I guess has supported you, and mm. would you say that's like allowed you to sort of alleviate? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a good thing for like other promoters out there. It's like what you what you do. I think is is you've diversified your risk in a sense. Um, but but still, I mean, that you know, props to you again for this like uh, this drive for just like Jeez. all right, you know, you got to, <laughs> What's the next one? Where's where's the next thing? You know? Yeah. yeah. Where, where's that come from? I mean. <laughs> Oh, uh,
1: this is another story that probably yeah. not a lot of people know. Um, my my drive. It's okay. Let's rewind the clock to two thousand two. Mm-hmm. Um, living in Ballarat, working in Dalesford, um doing real estate. Believe it or not. How, how old were you then <laughs> 22 <laughs> yeah
0: yeah what were you what is it like uh, an agent basically or? uh
1: yeah short-term rentals beauty packages and all that kind of stuff people mm. from Melbourne and Sydney would go to Dalesford and they just want to get pampered for a week or whatever and not yeah. just hot springs or whatever yeah I'd organize that for them I did that for a while um anyway again sorry
0: parallel to the artist services <laughs> yeah well,
1: well this was probably a little bit before that yeah and um and that's what before
0: music, basically.
1: Yeah, like obviously I was a candy raver and I was just a, a nut job, but at the same time I wasn't doing music. I was just enjoying it. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I was I was in a crazy fast turboed car because I'm big car nut. Yeah, um, yeah. I want to go. Into,
0: <laughs> I, good that you remind me now. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I was, I was a bit of a car nut. I had a crazy turboed car, yeah. and then, unlucky for me, somewhere along the lines, I I, I don't know how it happened. I um, smashed into a telephone pole on the way to work, um, which which is crazy. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it put me in a coma for a month and a bit, um, fractured skull, brain hemorrhage, um, had pneumonia when I was in a coma, wow. um, burst eardrums, um, had, had to pull the car apart to get me out, airlifted to...
0: How fast were you going?
1: I don't know like there's there's a few weeks beforehand I don't remember like my whole head this is all blocked out because of obviously the trauma you know because of the accident um, but yeah it was it's my girlfriend at the time was going to join me uh, she was going to come to my work that that day and I just said no nah, I don't it's shit wet, <sighs> crap weather don't don't come and then um yeah she had a tingling that something was happening Mm-mm. And then, she, yeah, then she then she drove to my work, and then she got there as I put him in the helicopter, and I, I'd already died once or twice at the scene, and they said, you know, say goodbyes to him now because he's, he's 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 screwed, <laughs> and um, yeah, and then you know my family and and my girlfriend at the time they all came down, they saw me every day, um, and then yeah, they said if he does wake up out of a coma, he'll be a veggie. Um, wow! And then I I woke up and I wasn't a veggie, but I couldn't talk and I couldn't walk. I was I was a bit screwed.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, um, fucking
1: hell! And then they're like, okay, well he's he's awake. That's great. Um, and then they're like, okay. So
0: how long how long did this coma go for again?
1: I was in a coma for I think just over a month. Jesus. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that that whole story of. You see the light when you're in a coma and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah, that that didn't happen.
0: Yeah, but, well, that, well, yeah, what happened? Like, do you remember anything?
1: Yeah, I, I was imagine a nightmare, like a lucid dream slash nightmare. Yeah. Um, for a month, um, that you can't get out of. And and my lucid slash dream was I was in a hospital getting experimented on by some rogue nurses in in the morgue part of the hospital. And then, well, I, then I wake up in a hospital.
0: And you thought this is...
1: <laughs> With tubes attached to me and and all that kind of stuff. And then I I, I got up to go to the toilet because I, I wake up and was like, I really need to piss. <laughs> and then I felt <laughs> then I fell to the ground and I couldn't walk. And then they were like, then I was like yelling out, why can't I walk? Yeah,
0: super disorientated. Yeah, and...
1: and then I couldn't talk. So I was just, this is gibberish. Yeah. And they're like, we can't understand you. I'm like... I can understand me. Yeah, What's going on?
0: So you still had your thinking in that? that. I was
1: no different than the way I am now, but I just had no motor skills. Yeah. Um, So that all happened and then they were like, you're going to be in here for at least three years getting rehabbed to be able to walk, talk, be functional again. And um, I was like, no. No, no, I got too much stuff to do. And in the end, I was only in there for six months. Wow. Staring at a white wall for six months. But in that time, that gave me nothing but time to search inside myself. Mm. You know, like it was very introspective six months of my life of what's going to change? What do I need to make better? You know, I could have died and and like proper died and stayed stayed dead. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, so what am I going to change? And this is what made it all happen. Basically, after that, after rehab and after all that business... I was like, okay, I'm, I need to travel more. I need to follow my passions and everything else. And that's where music came about. Mm-hmm. So that's music was part of that. Travel was part of that. Merging all that. And I was like my direction and drive was live every day like it's your last. Yeah. And, and I, I did that for years. And then I was just like not doing too much forward planning. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I've sort of... You know, matured a little bit more. Yeah, <laughs> and when, yeah. okay, you need to. You can't live every every day like you'll last completely. Yeah, but at least notice if it starts going downhill again. If you're getting stuck in a in a routine, or things start getting a bit monotonous, mm-hmm. pay attention to that and make a change.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, man. So, uh,
1: so that's that's. The that's, answer. That's the answer long Very long, answer. Very long no, answer. No, I kind of want to go. I want to yeah.
0: unpack it even more because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if it's not too traumatic, I mean, uh, like.
1: I'm proud of it.
0: Yeah, I, w- I would be mm. too. I mean, first off, nobody, not a lot of people get a, a reset like that, mm. right? Like that's, um, I, I don't know if, I don't, I don't think you've ever told me this. I haven't I told you that? No. No, and I'm just like a bit shocked. Mm. It's like, mm. what?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, and all, I guess all the scarring's. Disappeared. I had a, had a big hole here for the trackie. That's all pretty much covered up now. Yeah. I had 48 staples holding my head together.
0: Um. I mean, props to the fucking, to the doctors yeah. that like put you back to, together really. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe, do you think that like when you were in that lucid state, um, you, you know, you were sort of, you could see some things but then your brain's perception of it was just too twisted because obviously... Yeah. You know, head trauma can concussion can you know? Yeah, no, I totally think that's what it is.
1: Yeah. Um, and my mind was just twisting it around. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Your circuits, you short circuited yeah. essentially. You know, <laughs> just, it. just, just the, yeah, you wouldn't yeah. go back.
1: Yeah. But hey, it it is what it is. Yeah. It happened. It it you know I'm glad it happened.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't be on this trajectory no, journey I, of life.
1: That's it. I could have been stuck in Ballarat doing a job I didn't like. You know, yeah. as as opposed to, you know, you've been a
0: square. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, where where now I'm doing what I want. I'm I'm in I'm in charge of my destiny,
0: your life, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, um, mm. when you said you died, right? Like, <laughs> was that a DMT moment for you, or did, do you remember that that like? Nah. No, that was nah. that would have been
1: like. I don't remember anything. I think there's like, it there was like two or three weeks before the event. Oh, sorry, for the event, the accident, yeah. that I don't remember. And then obviously everything post that up until, mm. you know, a couple of months later. I have yeah. no recollection of it all. Um, there was the, an example of that. There was a movie apparently that I watched um, a few days before the accident. <laughs> and then after the accident, after rehab, I watched the movie with my girlfriend at the time. And, um, yeah, I was like, that was, that was such a great movie. That's so good. She's like, you've seen it before. I'm like, I've never seen this in my life. She's like, no, uh, no, we watched this like a week before your accident. So there was, a, there was
0: memory <laughs> loss in a yeah, sense. Yeah, complete memory yeah, loss. Yeah, yeah. How um, does that fare for you now? I mean, you know. It's fine
1: now. Like, don't get me wrong, as part of the whole rehab thing, there was a lot of short-term memory issues and <laughs> I just write everything down. Um, but now, you know, now I'm back to normal and I'm, I'm better. I'm a, a, a fitter, stronger more yeah. switched on machine now yeah, than uh, I ever have been because of the accident.
0: Yeah. So, Would you have learned things in your sort of rehab as well that you sort of apply to yourself? Or, no, that was just yeah, a lot of physio and a lot of, you know... Um,
1: yeah. I, I think it was, a, yeah, I guess the rehab part of it was really just getting my body back to normal and learning, you know, speech. Speech again, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and things like that. So I think that I, I wasn't anything you know, earth-shattering that I have taken away from the rehab side of it. But yep. I think th- the one thing I'd have taken away from the whole experience was the time I got to spend with myself and the realisations that came out of it. Mm-mm. So that that's that's the most thing because out of the whole thing, my brain didn't stop, you know, like I, I was still questioning things today like I, I was 30 years ago. Yeah. You know, like it was just really my body didn't want to
0: play ball. Yeah. So... Mm. Man, what a story! <laughs> yeah. If that doesn't give you drive, I don't know. I don't know what else will. Yeah. You know, um, no, that
1: was good. You know, like I, I hadn't. I don't. Think, I don't think I'd even been overseas before that. Yeah. You know, and now I've been to seventeen countries. I know. I've been to. I think You've been to more. Think that's been, just the gigs. Yeah, I've I've been to I think forty countries or something like that. Wow. Um. But yeah, <laughs> but gigs in seventeen of them. Yeah. Um. But yeah. It's just an excuse. It's just a reason yeah. to go out.
0: It, but it's like, you know, um, how much of that just like stays in the back of your mind that you go, I, I died, you know, I died and mm-hmm. this is, I you know, like is that a constant reminder for you to just live your life to the yeah. sort of fullest, you know?
1: Yeah, no, totally. Like um,
0: like don't take life for granted. Yeah,
1: like sometimes I forget. Don't get me wrong and,
0: and then – I don't know. Once it gets tough a bit. Like. Yeah,
1: and, and shit's just the same and it's just all a bit boring. And then, I don't know, I'll look in the mirror or something and I'll see the scar and I'm like, oh, hang on, that happened. Yeah, you know, or a good example is I'll be driving somewhere and I'll be a little bit reckless on the road because I'm running late or something and yeah. then I'll get home and go, hang on, Matt, remember what happened last time you did that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to sharpen up, you know, things like that. Um, but it's it's good.
0: Man, the the interesting thing, the other interesting thing about all that is you still love cars.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm a a Bergen from way back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, man, I want to talk to you about that, actually, because, look, I don't know much about the mechanical side of cars, right? But I like cars. And Mm. I like, you know, old muscle cars and all, you know, old Cadillac Eldorados Mm. and Hot Rods and, you know, a bunch of things like that. You you own – how many cars do you own? Uh, A few. You know uh, – it's like five or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many of them are classics?
1: Uh, a couple. A couple. Yeah, a couple. Like I've, I've got a couple of projects on the go at the moment. Are you, are you
0: doing them yourself?
1: No. No, I'm paying people lots of money to do it for me. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is it takes a long time.
0: Is it because you're finding the parts for the cars and stuff like that? Uh, isn't no, no,
1: it? I, I generally find the parts and then I'll go. here's all the parts, you put it together. Mm. But it's because of you need to get everything engineered. You know, like I'm not a qualified mechanic. Yeah. So if
0: I did do it myself, I still can't drive it on the road because it's not engineered. Yeah. Are you saying that they need to sort of machine parts that out of existence in a sense?
1: Yeah. Also, they just have to certify that the changes I'm making to that vehicle mm. are road legal. They, yeah. they, they meet the standards that are safe.
0: Yeah. Are they resto mods, restoration modifications usually? Yeah, yeah. So you sort of mod- modernize the… Oh,
1: uh- uh, yeah. So yeah. it's it's basically an, a a new car in an old shell, yeah. You know, so it's got the the luxuries and standards of now, so like a nice comfy ride with a big tough motor, yeah, like now, but in an old '60s car, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So when did this uh, affinity for um for for cars? Is, I don't know if the word is affinity, uh, yeah. affinity, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, it that works. That works. Yeah. It works. yeah. <laughs> when when did this start? Like when did this, your, your like passion for it?
1: I don't know, I've always liked cars.
0: Like as a you kid, know. did you used to yeah. play with, like, tr- toy trucks and, you know... I don't... Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> yeah, possibly,
1: <laughs> but um, no, I've had lots of cars. I used to have a really bad habit of just buying a new car every year.
0: Every year? Yeah. Or, like, a brand new one? not a brand no, new no,
1: one. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. I, I never buy brand new ones. But um, yeah. it was just because I liked... I know, get bored. You know, I'd go through, get a few Commodores or a little couple of Ricer, you know, sporty mm. cars and then... Go to an old one, and I just get bored, and I just like change. Yeah, and then I sort of realized, hang on, maybe you are a bit of a collector, you know, like, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. No, you know? yeah. and it's just like, yeah, okay, well, if I look at it that way, you know, I'm I'm a collector, yeah, not just someone who's just car car
0: mad. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> car I maniac. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: and it, it, I don't know, it's it's just good, and I don't know, it's it's almost like an investment. That that pays off, like, is traditionally old cars aren't going to go down; they go up, like in price. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's 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 a slow investment.
0: Yeah, is that But that's <laughs> yeah. not the reason why you're doing it as an investment. No, thing. I, I just
1: do it because I like it. I like yeah. old steel, and I like the yeah, the fact that you can build a car yourself, essentially. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. and I know it's just it's it, it's a whole community. Yeah. You know, like
0: let's... Like you take it to car shows and stuff like yeah,
1: that. Yeah, like, um you, okay, let's look at the Duff community. Mm-hmm. You've got Duff community, you've got markets, you've got good food places, you've got good music, you know, things like that. The car scene's got the exact same thing. Mm. Um, like you look at events like uh Chopped or Boogaloo, okay? Same sort of thing, but they're all about having cars that do dirt drags. You still have all these big rock bands. Yeah. Like you'll have you know, Cosmic Psychos will play and things like that and you'll have good bands, amazing food, mm. you know, they even have like DJs, you yeah. know, and things like that. Um, it's it's the same sort of community. It's just a different style of music, mm. you know, and it's it's just it's, it's the same. It's just yeah. a different end of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, and because I've been in the doof scene for so long, it's no different.
0: Yeah, it's just more refreshing sometimes, yeah. you know, it's a different, um,
1: well, yeah. And it brings out the olders, the old timers and all that kind of stuff and you have a chat to them and take knowledge from them. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You go,
1: oh, yeah, you
0: know. Interesting interesting stories, interesting yeah. cars and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Man, I want to go with you, man.
1: Yeah, man, as soon as they let us. Yeah, you, know, yeah, you got it. to like, you um, gotta
0: let me know because I'm like I've. Yeah, yeah. I grew up, you know, first watching things like Pimp My Ride, you know, MTV, (laughs) which, you know, for a 15-year-old, it's like that was the shit, you know. It was the first time you'd be able to see custom, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then, you know, you grow up, you you know, there's more car shows and and stuff like that. And I've always wanted to own, you know, uh, an old classic, something like that. But I, I never liked the the old, like well no no never liked not that i've tried but like a like a resto mod you know was always something that i would have gone no how can you get something that's old but put modern technology yeah, in yeah. it
1: it's it's quite expensive <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah man no i definitely um you, you don't you don't recognize it but there's so many people in the duff community that are in the cars like oh yeah, uh, yeah other DJs that have got the doof wagons <laughs> they've got their own duff wagons and things like that and there's there's a lot of Artists like DJs and artists that have hot rods and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of getting the collective together and let's just migrate to this next event. Yeah, um
0: he's an idea for another. Yeah, event. yeah. Is, no, but definitely,
1: man. Like I remember from last time we had this discussion. And I'm like, okay, the next time they're on, you're coming.
0: Yeah, yeah. um I would have like a fucking. Yeah. It would be for me. It would be like, oh, I'm in heaven. Look yeah. at all these cars. Oh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it, it's like I said, it's it's the same as a doof, but it's just but it's just different. So mm-hmm. it, it's like you can go to this doof and not feel
0: alienated. Yeah, and I feel, yeah.
1: Not feel alienated and and not feel like you've got any responsibility. Mm-hmm. You, have, you don't have to think oh, I'm I'm about to DJ because you're not. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you don't have
1: to worry about you know things like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I fingers crossed. There's um a big event coming up. It's not a festival styled one, but it's just a actual car show called Motor X that happens every year. They get, I don't know, three or 4,000 cars go to it. Wow. Um, It's out at the showgrounds. The next one is Old Earth Core Weekend, November 24th, 25th. Yeah. So assuming we can get people to – assuming the government lets us go to that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. By all means – I wonder how they'll manage that. You'll be invited to that, don't you worry.
0: (laughs) Are the ticket prices expensive? Like what do they charge for like –
1: It's like like 20 bucks, 20, 30 bucks, yeah.
0: But then a lot of people do go to them, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it's got like it's got bands playing all day, heaps of heaps of sheds, heaps of food places. It's got like a drift circuit. Oh, it's nice! Got, yeah, you know skid competitions and all. It's it's um, basically like summer nuts, but stripped down to one day here in Melbourne. Mm, um, yeah,
0: for a very pretty affordable price to just you know see see something that would have been yeah. illegal, you know. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gr-
0: growing up, was there any sort of did you ever? Were you ever involved in, like, any sort of illegal street races or got yeah. to see a bunch of those? Like, yeah, of you, course. Know, you know, were they ever, dr- dr- you know, as dramatic as, like, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. in the furious, you know?
1: Yeah, well, not too long before my car accident because I had I had a crazy turboed car. I had a, a Honda CRX, which I'd, you know, that I'd bought, which is an old tiny Japanese car. Yeah, It had been turboed up. I'd done some work to it and... It was ridiculous. It was running, you know, like it was doing ten second quarters when we, when I bought it. I did eat some mods to it, so it would have been doing, say, nine and a half seconds, low nines. Cool. But I didn't get a chance to race, race it, it. O- yeah. officially before the accident. Yeah. But in testing, of course I did. You yeah. Know, and there, there was a good spot in Bellarat that everyone goes to. Basically every Friday night there was a big collection. It was it was great. And we do that all the time.
0: Yeah. You know. Someone was organizing this like on ah, the down yeah. on the down low yeah. saying, hey, we're gonna get to it. were they more more like drag races or
1: yeah. D- just full drag races. Cops would break it up every time. Yeah. But um
0: but yeah, it was great.
1: It was kinda like, you know, the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift kind of thing where everyone just rocks up at the same spot. Yeah. And, and there's
0: people bystanders just on the streets and stuff like that, watching the races kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it was it kind of lost it. Like the cops knew what was going on and they said it didn't last long.
0: Yeah, yeah. And now the cops patrol, I guess, like patrol the streets a lot. And mm-hmm. Back then they yep. wouldn't have patrolled. There w- were less cops, yeah. I'm guessing, yeah.
1: Well, back back when, when that was happening, there was two different spots. There was this drag strip which was up in the industrial zone and then there was the, the, the shopping centre car park. And mm. the shopping centre car park would no kidding have, I don't know, every night t- two, three hundred cars. Yeah. And, and people would just be there just like walking around like a car show. What what's in yours? <laughs> yeah, 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 and it was great. And then, you know, the po po come and
0: wrecked <laughs> for us. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, talk about yeah. this like uh, underground vibe. Um, I mean, you would have been there, sort of, around the whole. I mean, wait, the warehouse scene in Melbourne was like what? That was it, be in the nineties, right? Or would it yeah. have dragged on to the early two thousands?
1: Uh, yeah, it was late nineties, early two thousands. You know, mm. like I, I was lucky that. Um, I'm close with the guys that run, say, techno-militia parties. Yeah. They're, they're the perfect ambassadors for, you know. Were they were they the warehouse. sort of
0: originators, some of the originators?
1: I wouldn't say originators, but they were, But they kept the dream going. Yeah. You know, there was heaps of other little crews like, like yeah, fuck yeah, and, and things like that. Yeah. They'd have all these warehouse parties and they'd be great. Might only have 100 people, might have, you know, 300. Mm. It was perfect. Yeah. You know, it was, it was
0: great. How do you feel like they compare to sort of, you know, Bush to us? Because I always, I used to say it seems like this, the warehouse scene, like say, say things like every picture tells a story, Mm. you know, that ran for a while. I managed to go to the last one and I didn't even know what it was until, you know, I was living in Docklands and, it. you know, it's like, oh, it's happening. Literally just in Shed 4 before it got all vamped up and stuff, right? You know, did you see this, you know, the the crowd transitioning from that into doofs or were they always interchangeable, like people yeah. from this always just, used used you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, and it was, you know, like a lot of, like when I was in
0: the Melbourne scene a little bit earlier, I was
1: going to parties, you know, like Elevation and things like that and they were like Hard House and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you go to these warehouse parties and they were just like, Nice underground techno, but, but then some would be like dirty house. Mm. You know, and it was just it was just like a big mix of everything. Yeah. And then you get little parties like every picture tells a story and all that kind of stuff. And then they'd help blend them all together. Yeah. And then when I started going to the doofs, I'd start seeing familiar faces. You know, but some of these doofs had a whole lot of old timers as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which
1: which are really good. Like the old timers were the ones that sort of shaped us into, you know, what we should and shouldn't be doing. Yeah. So yeah. it wouldn't be so loose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and that was really good. But I don't know, like I started going to Rainbows and Earth Cores, you know, back in like two thousand three or whatever, you know. And mm-hmm. it was like when you've been to so many of them all you see the transitions. Yeah. And and you can put the correlation down to what other big parties stopped. Yeah. You know, like when you get like when the future entertainment parties when they all ceased. Mm. For example, like stereosonics and all that kind of stuff, when they all stopped, yeah, those same people had to go somewhere to party.
0: The mega commercial scene,
1: yeah, yeah, yep. So it was like, where do they go? And they just trickled down into the doofs. Yeah, you know, which is the result of what
0: we're seeing now. Yeah, um, there's a lot of glam now and stuff like a that. A lot of glam, and you know, it's strange because it's not, it's not part of the culture in a it's, sense. But now yeah. it's, 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 it is becoming it.
1: It's become the culture now. Like, and yeah. it's not doesn't just happen here. Like all around the world, it's the same. Yeah. You know, so it's it's, it's almost just like the evolution. You know, we can't just sit there and go, well, this is...
2: We don't accept you. Yeah, we don't <laughs> accept
1: you or whatever, this, cause just because that's what we're used to. We need to evolve with it as well. Yeah. But, yeah. but we just got to make sure that we give... We need to give these new kids guidance... Mm-hmm. Like the old timers gave us when we started. Yeah, because you're the old, <laughs> the old, where <laughs> <laughs> the old timers that? That, that, that. That's right. We're yeah. Now we're the OGs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, for the new kids, but it is what it is.
0: And then there's this, you know, this transference of the ethos is like passed down. You know, this is hey, that's not what it's about. Sure, you want mm-hmm. to be half naked, <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah but See? but listen, you know, this is take it, your tent home with you. Don't, don't just leave it here. (laughs) This is like the community aspect of it is, is again, talking about all those, you know, cars and stuff like Mm -hmm. that is the main thing is we're a community. Mm. Music is the thing, the thread that weaves us together, but, you know, this is the culture, this is the music and, um, you know, we're all about inclusion.
1: It's, it's, it's modern day Woodstock.
0: Yeah, you know, I used like, to call, I the, yeah, this yeah. is this we're the bastard children of Woodstock.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and and that's there's nothing wrong with that, you know, it's like what happened in you know the '60s or whatever, and it's it's great, you know, all that free love has just continued to trickle down because mm, mm, it's good, it's shaping us into being not so
0: blinded and not having blinkers on that we only think one way. Yeah, yeah, so. it isn't it interesting that like now all over the world I see that this. You know, obviously, here in Australia, our doofs are very psytrance oriented. In Mm. Europe, probably the same for the doofs. But in America, there's a lot of bass music. There's a lot Mm. of that Burning Man or Burner culture. Yeah. Um, And, you know, all over the world, it's, for me, it seems like our, you know, modern day people, this is becoming like, not necessarily pop culture, but just, it's just becoming like a a normal thing, which for me is cool, you know, Mm. because it's like, People can relate to the crazy now. Like I can be crazy. I can, yeah, yeah. It, it, crazy just means basically I'm expressing myself the, the, the way that I fucking want to, mm. you know, and I don't give a shit what you think about me. Yeah. And I feel like that's becoming like a, you know, it's more normal and it's cool. You know, this is this is like this, it's trickling into society.
1: Oh, it is, man. Like it was one of those things like, I don't know, people were always against it because it was so rife in drug use. Mm it doesn't mean it was but the media made it out to be that way yeah yeah um and then you know that's just how it was we were always the black sheep yeah um but now it's a bit more acceptable people are a bit more rebellious again you know it, it's it's good and it, even like there was a really recent um show on Netflix i can't remember what it's called but it was essentially about all the stars using psychedelics
0: oh yeah uh, we literally i think we talked about that uh Oh, yeah, what was it called? I think my, my cameraman, Blaney, was talking about it yesterday. Have a good trip.
1: Was it, was it, was it that one?
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're looking at it. Yeah. And we're like, Have a good trip. And
1: yeah. It was great because it got all these stars to come down and, you know, like Ben Stiller and all these big, big
0: acts. <laughs> ben Stiller, yeah. You know, yeah. talking
1: about when they've done acid and psychedelics and all that kind of stuff. And But they've painted it in a good picture. Yeah, like they're yeah. not saying this is all bad. This is bad. They've, they've painted it as in this has enabled me to do this creative form of art or something. Yeah, yeah. expression. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's because they're advising. It's they're not saying it's okay by any means. But they're yeah. but well, they're, they're
0: treading on like you know, they're they treading lightly because they don't want to. You know, they, they are you know, a great celebrity like Ben Stiller is like mm. you know. All, all over the world, he's like
1: hundred percent, you know. But but it's good that they're doing it because it it also helps cement into the idea of the people that have been non believers. that there's possibly room for for this mm. in in some form or another. Yeah, whether it's you know for medical treatment or or whatever, you know, it's. I think I don't know. Give it another twenty years, and it's everything's going to be a lot different. Yeah,
0: yeah. We're going to, we, you're going to be able yeah. to buy, you know, low dose mushroom caps and, uh. <laughs> <laughs> not,
2: not, not so much of that. Not but, so much of that. But a <laughs> dream. I
0: think, I think things will be a lot more
1: accepted, you know. Like yeah, of course. I, in general, like, um, it'll come down to like our generation are going to be the ones in charge, so mm-hmm. to speak, as opposed to at the moment, it's still very much our parents' parents that are in charge of, yeah. of, of yeah. politics and everything else. So they're obviously stuck in their mindsets from. What they've known all all their life. Yeah. yeah. Give it another, say, twenty years, and it's going to be us that are going to be in their positions, Mm. and we've had a more opened upbringing and things like that. So we're going to be a bit more tolerant and and open to these kind of ideas.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I Mm. think. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hopefully.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that goes back to this like um, level of conservatism. We we um, the previous guest, Bo Kitty. We um we talked about this. I don't, I don't you know I don't know how to describe to give it an adjective, but this conservatism in Australia that's like kind of is killing art or is trying to like bleed you know it's it's bleeding us, you know it's like a hemorrhage uh, <laughs> is it hemorrhage yeah, 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 it's hemorrhaging blood I guess from our scene and it's 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 cutting our i feel like you know it's cutting our limbs off or taking the the rug you know.
1: Yeah. It's it's a funny one at the moment. You know, like prior to COVID, you know, you've still there were still a lot of rules mm. in things that you could and couldn't do.
0: Yeah. Um And now it's like it's very like
1: we're, we're not communist by any any means. But yeah. it's you know We're on the border. But we're on the border of what we can and can't do. Mm. You know, like it's we're gonna have a lot more military presence now and things like that. And it's it is what it is. Yeah, um, we just got to evolve with it. I, I don't think it's going to last, A, yeah. as in like not not COVID. I mean, like just the, the immense pressure and everything else is the, is, the presence. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I think it'll alleviate somewhat. Do you think that it will remain? Do you feel like though this um, tight control is, might actually linger on because now they've got well, you know, we've got what we wanted. In a sense, not that you know. I know it's it's, yeah. the, it's the the control is there for um, you know for to control the virus, the transmission and the spread. You know, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. I don't yeah, want to yeah. buy into that. Th- this to...
1: isn't a, a COVID conversation. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. There's, I think there's going to be good and bad things that come out of it. You know, like like I said, there's going to be that control that they're not going to want to give up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But at the same time, I think there's going to be a lot more freedom that's come from coming yeah. from this. You know, like a lot of workplaces have always been, you've got to be in the office, you've got to do this, you've got to be here at 9 o'clock on the dot, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Now they're like, hang on, we've just proven that you can work from home. Yeah. You
0: can work from anywhere around the world. We've yeah. just proven that.
1: Yeah. Why do we need to have
0: an office? And then that'll make them realize, well, that means we can cut our rent. Yeah. We can cut all these like administrative costs yeah. and the building and the stuff and the insurance yeah, yeah. and the cleaners. <laughs> and and all think that. That's a great point, by the way.
1: And, it, and, and that's what it is like one of my – Close friends, his company realised this about three or four years ago. Mm. They had a big office in Burke Street. Yeah. And then they just went.
0: Expensive rent.
1: Yeah, they went, yeah, let's have it. Everyone just works from home. Yeah. And the company just did that. Like they had, I'm not sure how many they had, probably like 100 people or something. Yeah. What did they do? What kind um, of that was more like uh, civil design-ish kind of stuff. And, yeah. And upgrading, you know, utility drawings and things like that. Infrastructure. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that they all just went, okay, you're going to work from home from day one. And they saved heaps of money on rent. Everyone got to live work from home, and it was really nice.
0: Probably productivity increased, didn't it? Um, Who knows? Possibly, so, yeah. possibly. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I know. I know for me, for my day job now, um, my company did the same thing. I'm working from home. Have been since mm. March. Yeah. Um, I'm working much longer hours now because I'm at home. It's harder because traditionally you're in the office. When you leave the office, you switch off. Because, you need, you need to because you're leaving the office and yeah. you're getting on public transport, it's easier to have that the, the divide and the, and divine, the separation. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm working from home. You know, I get up at whatever time, 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock or whatever, I turn on the computer, and before you realise it, it's 8 o'clock at night. And you're like, oh, I've been working for 12 hours, damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, yeah. and you just don't realise because it's familiar and there's no switch off.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you see yeah. that as a bad thing? Like, because that kind of you know you don't want to be working that those large amounts of hours, mm-hmm. especially on a computer. You know, yeah. I think the the beauty of like you know not unlike producing music, right? Where there's no yep. you have to put a wedge. So yeah, not a wedge, You have to like cool. It's been six seven hours. My back is killing me. Yeah, my wrists. Yeah. You know, I've been on the computer. Um. Do you? Are you uh, able to find that separation? Do you feel like that's affected you negatively, or are you trying to find uh, balance?
2: Yeah,
1: you, you you sort of make a balance, like mm-hmm. or try to make a balance, and that you try and make make yourself go up, go out at lunch. You know, make sure you go for a walk at lunchtime. You know, yeah. set aside an hour for lunch or something. You know, try and pack up. Mm-hmm. You know, like you normally would. You know, try and do some task that you can have in your head as. This is my switch-off switch, my, yeah. my, my turn-off switch. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but it's, it's hard sometimes. Like working for a global company, I get asked to do meetings at weird times. It's two you in know. the morning kind of thing. Yeah, not so much two in the morning, but sometimes I'll be like ten at night or whatever or six in the morning. And so it's hard to have that divide sometimes. But I, I think you just got to look after yourself and and know what is too much and what isn't. Yeah. You know, like I I'm, I'm a hard worker. I, I don't mind working ten hours a day or or whatever. Like yeah. if if the work's there and has to be done, I don't mind doing it.
0: That's your default in a sense. Yeah. yeah. But,
1: but if it's consistent, I know, I know I'm gonna burn out. Yeah. So you just gotta make time to to have that have that
0: non worked space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know. And have you managed to balance that with music? I mean Are you writing more now? Are you sort of doing more creative stuff at home with your own, like, with your own productions? Yeah. Well,
1: because of, I guess, the whole COVID nature of things at the moment, you can't really go out and do much. Mm. So I'm just, you know, work is work. After work, it's pretty much what can I do? It's music or Netflix. Yeah. You know, I'm not a big Netflixer. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, don't get me wrong. I like to end the day with a, a, bit, a bit of Netflixing, than, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that isn't what I am want to do for pleasure after work. So it's just going to be music in yeah. some form or another, whether it's writing it or listening to
0: it. Yeah, it's going to—it's either writing it or sourcing it or mm-hmm. you know things like that. And there's still work that you do, obviously, with the labels and mm. you know the heavy involvement yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah
1: definitely. Um, but I am—I am writing again, um, so it's
0: yeah, it's good. That's that's like one thing that I do know sort of yeah. about you is because I know how jam packed your schedule is. You can produce, but much like myself, it's mm. like you don't produce as often, and so you, there's, there's not as much many releases. There's yeah. a VA compilation here and there, and yeah. Um, but are you excited about that? I mean, like that, yeah. I I would be fucking over the roof because I'm like, yes, finally I can maybe write some something conceptual.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm back in the zone. I haven't put as much time into it as I'd like. Mm. But I know I can, yeah. You know, and and that's just I know there's a couple of things I'm doing at the moment. Like I'm trying to get onto a couple of techno labels over in Europe at the moment. Yeah, can you name, can you name a few? Is that, is that, is nah, that a secret? <laughs> it's, I I'll keep that to myself for now. i until they come back and say yes or no, because I don't yeah. want to just basically said no and and then I'm on. On, on a TV show now, saying <laughs> I got rejected, <laughs> but um, but no, there's a, there's a there's a few really good ones um in discussions with, so hopefully that works yeah. out. Um, and after all that's sorted out, and I've got a couple of podcasts that are coming out on different outlets. You know, one yeah. one Australian one, and a couple of one in Europe and one in Brazil.
0: And when you say podcast, is it like a format discussion like we're having right now? Or is it more so? No, no, just just mixes essentially. Yeah, that confuses me sometimes. You know, because I'm like, why like, don't you yeah. just call it a mix? Call
1: it a mix. Yeah. Don't
0: call it a podcast. But then people are like, well, podcasts can be anything. I'm like, no, cannot. It has to well, be a form.
1: Yeah. No. I, I agreed. Um, I guess they call them podcasts, but it, they might say hello at the start and thank you at the end. Yeah. But the rest of it's just a mix. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that's just my opinion, by the way. You know? Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> it, it's, it's fair. Um, but yeah, after all, it's done. It's it's straight into the straight into the writing again. Like I, I know what I need to do. I know how to do it. Yeah, it's just now for the time to do it.
0: How long have you been writing music and all of this like rich tapestry of you know work you've done? Like when did that start for you? Uh, Steve
1: Black, Steve, Steve, com- I, commonly known as Steve Ward.
0: Now, ah,
1: he yeah. he taught me how to use Ableton.
0: You did you did with, his course, or did you just you seek th- him out? One this, on one? this is
1: at Base Station. Uh-huh. Um, Whoa, is that
0: how far back Steve yeah, Ward yeah, yeah,
1: goes? Yeah. Well, he was Steve Black back then. What was he playing? Uh, hard trance and and a bit of techno. Are you joking? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got to get him on board.
0: Um,
1: but it was no, and back then it was typical Bay Station kind of stuff. And then there was a couple of us that he held a bit of a, a session with, mm-hmm. you know, and we, and we did that, and um, that got me into
0: it. And was that Ableton back then? Yeah, yep. yep. Ableton.
1: Um, and it was good. It 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 was the door essentially. I didn't do much of it. Yeah, you know, after that. But it it taught me what I needed to know. Mm -mm. And then I just gradually learned more and more through different people. Yeah. You know, like I'll go to, I'll come to your house. And then then you'll go, check this out. I'll go, oh, how'd you do that? Yeah. And then then you'll show me some certain parameters in some VST and I'll go, Mm ah, that's how you do it. Ah, you put that little, ah. Yeah, yeah yeah you know and and, and that's all it is it's just a matter of surrounding yourself with good
0: artists yeah which is what we you know yeah yeah, yeah.
1: and that's it and and you just learn bits and pieces from each other mm-hmm. you share vsts and someone'll go oh have you used the new you know x vst <laughs> it does this and that and then you go home and buy it or test it out test trial it out, out. Yeah. yeah 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 and then you go ooh this opens up a whole new plethora
0: of sounds i can make
1: yeah yeah you know and it's it's good.
0: So, I mean, are we expecting, you know, is there a specific genre that you're going to write more techno now that you have this time or more of those like Xenon's um, Psy or?
1: Yeah, well, it, it'll be a bit of both. Like um I've, I've been telling Senseon for years and years and years that he, I'll have an EP for him yeah. and it it just never happens Um mm-hmm. and it's that's my fault. That's not by any means his fault. Or of course, yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. my fault because of my schedule with, gigs and touring and, and work and all the rest, that yeah. I haven't put enough effort into it. I, I want to put the effort into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, also at the techno stuff, I want to do that. So probably what I'll be doing is one of each. Um. Mm-hmm. They'll be, lead, you know, leveraging off off each other. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, like the what I do give Sentient will probably be a bit more techy than Squelchy, mm. but it'll still be Zenon. Yeah. Like it's not going to be... The BPMs
0: might be a bit faster or something like yeah. that or so whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah,
1: it is what it is. Like it, it, it won't be hi-hat driven techno. Mm. It'll still be dark prog, yeah. but it'll have the techno, you know, framing and everything else as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We'll see so what happens, you know. You yeah. know what it's like? You, you have a plan to do one thing and, yeah, then, yeah, and then all yeah, of a yeah, sudden by the end of it no. it's completely different
0: dude i'm writing hip-hop right now oh like like uh, hip-hoppy trip-hoppy stuff nice. you know i mean that's uh i've always been secretly yeah. in love with that genre ah,
1: it's it's an awesome genre
0: yeah and i'm just like well that's the genre that you can actually rap on and sing yeah. you know not necessarily hip-hop more, more so trip-hop you know mm. but it's still you know it's trippy it's psychedelic it's electronic it's yeah 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 um my man you got uh, a, a few uh Metal influences. You've got a Lamb of God. <laughs> <laughs> I know you. You know you're a rocker at heart. Yeah, you're a tool fan.
1: Yeah, uh, all of that. It's you know, but it, it's the same as a, a lot of people in the in,
0: in the, the side in, in thing, the side yeah.
1: industry. They all came from metal somewhere. Mm-hmm. But it's you know, it's got it's got its place in my heart. I Probably don't listen to it anywhere near as much as I used to. Yeah, but it's got something
0: yeah and, and again like say with bands like uh say Pink Floyd or um Tool mm. so much you know like first off like Alex Gray mm. you know is um a big sort of figure in our psychedelic uh, in the cultural side of the psychedelic scene mm. um you know there's so many drawing influences of that music and cross collaboration that you see trickle well not you know trickle but purely just inspiring Psytrance producers because we're the You know the evolution again like Mm -hmm. how we might have been the culture might have been from woodstock you know this is also taking so much from the atmospheric sense of you know with bands like you know kaya project and spongles and stuff Mm -hmm. like that you can see clear influences yeah osric tentacles and stuff like that oh
1: yeah i had one moment um i played the 2012 um eclipse festival up in cairns i was there Life changing um, Yeah that, that was great And then afterwards We went to a hotel Just be, you know Before we got on the plane To go back mm. And I got to share Breakfast with Alex And Alison Gray Wow But I was so starstruck I didn't say a word <laughs> <laughs> I did literally sat next to him While someone else Is just chatting the air off And I was like Yep Yep I'm not going to say a word But I Love you guys
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah My man Um it's been uh, wonderful chatting to you about the the history of of you and uh, you know your influences and thank you for sharing um, your accident story. Uh, I don't <laughs> yeah. know if that was difficult or not, but no, um, no,
1: no, not difficult at all. You know,
0: um, I'm grateful that you did because that's the kind of stuff that um, the gold, I guess that uh you know you just want to make people cry don't you i i do yeah i do but no it's <laughs> we've we've managed to capture it like an element of realness and you know we keep it surreal here <laughs> we keep it real yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um is uh do you wanna is there anything obviously you've said you, you're gonna try and release um like a techno and a xenon ep mm. um are there, is there anything that you have on the horizon you've just played at the digital festival um yeah, the half-wild one, that was good. Half-wild one. Is there is there any footage that we can sort of go back and see or is it just like, that's it, it's gone, it's, it was live?
1: Yeah, I think it was was live. I'm not sure whether they're going to release them again to...
0: Yeah. Were they recorded?
1: Uh, I, I believe so. Yeah. Um, so maybe they will be releasing them in due time but I guess they want to be respectful to the people that paid to see it. Yeah. Um, but yeah.
0: Uh Okay. I, I guess it's exclusive in a sense, yeah. Hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. So let, let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, no, there's there's nothing on the horizon at the moment. Like there's um, there's a couple of festivals happening in Queensland. Elements. Um, yeah. Elements. Mushroom Valley and yeah. um, Earth Freak. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in constant contact with these guys. So. Yeah.
0: You you work a lot with Paul as well. Paul yep. Abad and touring.
1: Yep. yep. So let's see what. Yeah. Happens those it's yeah. it's all a bit funny we don't know if we're even allowed to leave the state let alone yeah go to doofs. so um let's yeah. let's see what the the government allows us to do mm-hmm. um, but there's certainly possibilities yeah of there's, there's 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 a there's things on the horizon anyway it's just a matter of whether we're allowed to
0: yeah yeah i hope so man i i don't want to say but i've been booked for one of those said mm. festivals and yep. i'm really excited uh and I'm just like God. I really hope we can. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I need I need that. Like,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I've, I've been booked as well. Um, I, I won't say which because yeah, I haven't released we won't. anything. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, fingers crossed they eh? Yeah. Um, they're all great festivals, and if they can do it, hopefully that can be a good example for the other states. Yeah. That they start lessening rules and things like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But no, man, it's it's been been wonderful. Thank you so much Thank for having you, me man. on. It's um. <laughs>
0: You're now allowed to uh, <laughs> to veer <laughs> off the microphone. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: it's it's been really good. Um, you know, big ups to you for thank you. You know, for hosting these events, it's a really good platform for, you yeah. know, obviously to to showcase different people and different opinions and everything else. But it's good, you know, for us to you know interact more with you. Yeah, you know, thank you're you. you're a, a <laughs> you're a silent bystander. That's that's in the scene everywhere. Yeah, you know, and. Yeah. and and, and you need to be heard more as well,
0: you know. We, thank you, thank you. I feel like um, for myself I would love to play a lot more gigs but mm. I really struggle with the, um, you, know, uh, you know, you know, like you said, you've got to do a lot of work and promoting and putting lots of mixes and stuff like, not that I don't want to do the work but I'm just like <laughs> there's, there's so many other interests of mine that I'm yeah. constantly, you know, in flux with and, you know, I'm glad that you're one of those people that's like, he recognized me and he recognizes that. And, you know, this is, again, this is this is the evolution of, you know, of being that silent bystander. Mm. And sometimes I think I'm like, am I just going to keep interviewing my friends? Because obviously we're good friends and collaborators. But it's like, you know, do I have enough people to talk about? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, hang on a second. <laughs> I know everyone. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I'm like, not yeah. everyone, but, you know, say like someone like look it's like, cool, we're going to mm. interview you but hang on a 2nd loki Luki's got a label. Hang on a second, there's like 40 guys on that label. Oh, I guess we're going to have to interview every <laughs>
2: – Man, and, and that's
1: it, you know, and this is where it comes in as well. You know, like if I've got international artists that are around, you know, like
0: – Yeah, and uh, um, please bring him, bring him. But, if that's but, what you see – Yeah, you know.
1: well, that, that's the thing. Like if I've got Hypergeo down here or, or something like that, I'm going to go, all right, um, – you want to do an interview <laughs> yeah yeah you know and and that's where having a good friendship like this it, it works for both of us yeah yeah you know like it, it gives you you know new people to discuss new issues with and mm-hmm. it gives me a platform to share new people with and absolutely yeah it's it's great i look so, forward to it
0: man i look yeah. forward to you know us expanding this horizon and bringing in all these people And um thank you so much my man Check it out. Uh, check uh, Matty out on SoundCloud as Azrin Zaffin. Uh, any websites in the works? Um, uh,
1: not really. Like uh, just, I guess, go to Red Forest. Red Forest Productions net yeah. Um, and that'll. That's for our Where the Wild Things Are festival. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll, uh, we'll update that soon.
0: We'll update that soon, and just just for you know all your cool cats out there who don't know this maddie is a very exceptional graphic designer <laughs> who i'm like secretly always wanted to do my flyers but he only does them for himself <laughs> yeah, yeah so now i'm like oh god damn now i gotta learn but i'm like but you know you are learning's m- good learning's good but I, I have to say this man you are pretty good i i don't say that about a lot of graphic designs thank you good designers out there i just don't like i'm particular with what i like and yeah. i like everything that you make and you thank know, you. just a, a secret little, another little word of praise here. Um, yep. Why I, I shower you and kiss your ass. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I have a bit of help from from others, so as well. You know, it's, yeah. It, uh, we, did, we didn't talk about it much, but we can talk about it next time. Next time. Um, but no, thank you. Yeah, my man. Good to have you, my man. Let's 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 do this one more time. Woo! <laughs> 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 All right, ladies and gentlemen, for real Melbourne episode. Uh, is this episode 6 man. Holy shit, this <laughs> is episode 6. We've shot 3 back to back on a weekend, so this is a pretty milestone achievement. Thank you, over and out.